All right, everybody. Well, uh, the 82 game win streak is off the table. 82 and 0 is off the table. Perfect season. Not going to happen. Uh, for the Avs, this was a tough ask. You're you're turning around. You're, you're going to have back to backs. That's going to happen. Um, but they're always difficult. And when you go from the emotion that they were going through in game one, you you finish that game against Chicago, board a flight, go up to Canada. And if you didn't see the dynamic between a very bad team and a very good team, it was uh, night and day. Uh, the abs didn't help themselves. They, they really got off to a really sluggish start, even, even though they scored the first goal of the game by Bo Byron. It just kind of went downhill after that, but they did show some, I don't know, intestinal fortitude, as they say, uh, and and did make a game of this. So you can pull some positives out of it. Uh, a lot to get to, of course, our sound check and our players of the game. Abs lose this one, though, to Calgary. First loss of the year, 5-3. to three. Let's talk about it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so now I feel like we can just kind of like settle into the season. We got a win. We got a loss. Let's get to it. Uh, Thank you for joining Locked On Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, the Avalanche uh, dropped their first game of the season. Uh, it's their second game of the season, so 1-1-0 on the year. Um, it, you felt good because they got that first goal from Bo Byram, and it was not the best of goals. I think he just stuck with it a little bit longer than the defender. Maybe the defender lost in his skates. I don't know. It was just a fluky goal, and you're like, okay, like sometimes that's how games go. Um, but no, like Calgary is a very good team. They buckled down. I think the Avs had something like five or six shots on goal halfway through the second. So they, they were making it uh, tough for, for the Avs to really kind of find any rhythm. And they're, you know, I don't know, like the, the, the Avs, they played well. Uh, not nothing like extraordinary, but there was just that period of time where it got a little bit out of control and that got them down five to one. And really it was over. They, they did their best and, and they had some good opportunities and uh, pulled it to five to three with, I think there was like five or six minutes left and even got some more opportunities after that. But it, it, it you just knew it was going to be a tall mountain to climb against a very, very good Calgary Flames team. Everything you said right there, you could cut and just match it to everything that Jack was probably saying on Locked On Blackhawks yesterday. Hmm. That's the way Chicago played, and it's not good enough for the Colorado Avalanche. They have to realize you can't go in there and play well and play okay 
and expect to win games. You're the Colorado Avalanche. You're the defending Stanley Cup champions. This is something we talked about all offseason. What are the Avalanche going to do with the bullseye on their back? Well, you can't have a dominant game against Chicago with all the pomp, circumstance, fanfare, raising the banner, and then cruise into what many are saying could be a Western Conference final and just play well and expect to win the game. You're outshot. Um, There were a lot of defensive lapses, um, just miscommunication in the forwards. And this is what everybody's here for. Everybody wants that. Frankie did not play well. Um, He did not play well. Um, He had a couple he should have stopped easily. And in games like that, when hockey scores are usually 3-2, 4-3, close games where overtime is needed. You can't win games like that, especially when you're getting the best from the worst to the best night in, night out. And don't tell me the back-to-back played a a part in this if you had all those months celebrating the Stanley Cup. This is the freshest you're going to be all year. Hmm. Back-to-back should not be a factor right now. The Avalanche just did not play at 100%, and they deserved the loss because you can't win games like that. Uh, I don't want to... You know, I don't want to use the back-to-back as an excuse because you you got a bunch of them. Everybody's got a bunch of them. The only reason that it's a little bit different is because you are traveling to Canada and there is customs and stuff like that. And that does take time. And you got there pretty late in the morning. So um, I don't know. Like it's – nobody's going to use it as an excuse. Uh, Did it play a part? Maybe in the beginning, but you you saw that. And then the abs kind of wore that off and – they did start to play better. I don't think they played terribly. I, I don't like they, if you're if you're looking at like the shots on goal and stuff like that and be like, man, they only got well, let me see what it was. I mean, I think they had four shots on goal after one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Three shots on goal after one. And then they did end up with 10 shots on goal in the second. But a lot of those came in like the last few minutes, like probably from like eight minutes remaining the left uh, on down to, to the second period. Um, but I, I mean, I, I just, I felt like they were battling. I did. I felt like they were battling and, and, and they, they weren't just being lazy. Like they were, they were grinding and you're that that's what kind of game you're going to have against Calgary. Um, and you just wanted some puck to just roll your way. And it wasn't happening. Um this is from the Avalanche Twitter page itself. A uh, quote from Jared Bednar saying, I think guys got emotionally invested in the game. Started dig- They started digging in a little bit, a little asleep um, in the first period. So obviously he's talking about the Nazem Kadri stuff, and that's the first time you're seeing him. He got his ring. Um, I, I mean, I, it, 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 to me, it wasn't a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a train wreck, it, but it wasn't good enough. You're right. Like it, it was not good enough against a, a team like Calgary who, I, you know, that's their, I think that was their first game of the season. I don't think they played before then. So that that's their first home game. They're riding a lot of emotion. It's a difficult, it was going to be a difficult accomplishment to go in there and steal one, but you are the defending champions. So you, you definitely should be able to do that and and they can do that. Uh, and yeah, so it, it's something something we saw a lot with this Avalanche team last year, where if they were down or when things a player went down, if they were down score wise, it was something we said a lot last season. 
mm-hmm. I never felt like the Avalanche were out of this game. I knew they were coming back in some way, some form, some fashion. I did not have that feeling in this game. And it all started with the shorthand goal. When you let yeah. up a shorthand goal, that is an indicator that something's broken. There was a lapse, and there was. And trying to emotionally overcompensate for that halfway through the game is not going to be good enough. You have to play all three periods. You can't kind of coast and try and get your feet and then catch it in the third. You have to at least give 110%. And you saw that with like Miko Ranton and hitting the post and a lot of miscon like the plays just not matching up right. Mm-hmm. you got to expect just a little bit better and the lines to fire up the next line. And this is one of those moments that you take Gabe Landeskog for granted because this would be an immediate correction instead of a correction you would see at the intermission if Gabe Landeskog was in there. Yeah, this is definitely a game where he would have uh, made a difference. Yeah, this is his style of game. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, th- this is where when you're missing guys like him, and, you know, the two guys that are out right now, one's at the top of your lineup, one's towards the bottom, but he plays a big role in that bottom in Darren Helm. So, um, you know, th- th- there's – but still, like, even with the people that you have there, you should still be able to, to win this game. You just had some lapses. You had lapses, and Calgary exploited them. And, you know, when, when they got up, uh, I, you never, I never feel like this Avalanche team is out of it. As, as well, you know, as, as maybe even as poorly as they're playing, uh, I don't mean right now, I'm just saying like in, in, in you know, last season and years past, <clears throat> you always just feel like because the, the, the you know, who the captain is of this team, uh, who, who the skill that they have, you feel that they can just turn it on. And I feel like they started to. They really did. They started to get some momentum. And then, bam, the uh, Flames, I think it was their who, – who got their third goal there? Uh, Erasmus Anderson. I feel like that one was like the dagger because yeah. that was towards the end of the second period. Uh, that only, it only put them up three to one, but I was almost going to post to Twitter. Like, I really feel like if Calgary – it was two to one, and I was going to say, like, I, I just get the feeling that if – if it's if, if Calgary gets the next one, it makes it three to one instead of the as making it two to two. It's going to be a tall hill to climb. Yeah. But I always feel like the avalanche can can do that. But when you're down five to one, uh, that's next to impossible, especially against a team like Calgary. But I I liked of some of what I saw when they were down. They didn't yeah. phone it in. They kept battling at it. And uh, and they had really good looks. That was the other thing. Uh, but when you have a, a, a excellent goalie, I mean, you really think you're going to put six total past him? That's what that's the hole the Avalanche dug themselves into, and it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and you and you could tell that with the emotions when penalties were called and things were happening. You could tell it that moment that you're talking about. You never feel like the Avs are out of it. You get that reassurance from how they react to those kind of moments. And when you saw the penalties and the emotions, you you kind of felt like uh, uh, exactly to your tweet that you're going to send out there. Like mm. if the tall hill to climb, you would have never felt like that with the avalanche at the end of last year. So everything in that Chicago game that we kind of excused because there was a W, it's now glaring. And this is something you get to adjust. And thankfully, we have until next Monday to rectify it. This is all game tape. This does not derail the season. 
we walked out of there unscathed. <laughs> yeah. You 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 get you get time to work on this. That's what this is for. Right. This is this is a marathon. <laughs> Every season's a marathon, and um, <clears throat> if I felt like it was so it's such night and day between game one and game two, uh, I wouldn't have concern. But I'd be like, man, that's two completely different teams. I didn't. I don't feel that way. I just. I just feel like things got out of hand. Um, and when you're going up against Calgary, it's tough to recover from that. So good enough to beat Chicago, not good enough right. to beat Calgary. Not exactly. Enough. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of get into individual players. And of course, we have a sound check and our uh, top players of the game to get to. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for your football betting, and of course, now your hockey betting for this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the Major League Baseball playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. That's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. Perfect timing on that one, too. I see that. Getting good at it. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's kind of look at some stats here. Kind of ugly for the abs and the two, two that we usually bring up right off the bat. Face-offs, not that face-offs are, uh, you know, some people think that the face-off percentages don't mean anything. We just like to bring it up because the Avs seem to uh, be struggling with it for the past handful of seasons, um, and they did again. 59% to 42% in favor of the Flames, obviously. How we were just, like, flaunting, flaunting over the Avs' uh, power play um, in game one, the opposite is true in terms of production. It went from yeah. four out of six again in uh, Chicago or against Chicago to one out of four here against Calgary. And then the penalty kill is still struggling a little bit. They, the Calgary flames went two for five in uh, when they had the extra man. Um, so I think that's something that the abs, that's one thing that's definitely carried over from last year is struggles in the penalty kill. I know they finished, kind of mid-range in -hmm. the penalty kill, but it really has been um, from kind of late in the regular season last year into the playoffs now. It wasn't all of last year. Um, Obviously, if you're kind of middle of the road, you're you're doing okay, but it just seemed to really kind of fall off the rails late last year, and so far this year, it's still kind of the same, so a little concern there. but yeah, when it comes to that penalty kill, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the weirdness in that penalty kill has a lot to do with new names and trying to establish their role and what's exactly working on what penalty kill. We still don't have Landeskog. That's also another thing, that leadership out there and how you need to tighten up. But the penalty kill, I feel like it's still fluid because you don't know exactly what it's going to look like when it comes to crunch time. I feel like it's still being figured out. And yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it. you could say that power play was 0 for 3 because you gave up a shorthanded goal, even though you hmm. netted one on the power play. 
So I would say instead of one for four, they're 0 for three. <laughs> yeah, that shorthand was a little fluky, but uh, you're going to give up a couple during the season. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm saying like the Avs are, are – I was okay with how they played, but, you know, the lapses like that, that Calgary uh, exploited, some things like that. You just can't do that against a team like – like you said before, like if you do that against Chicago, you can kind of recoup and, and it's not really going to hurt you in the end. Cannot do that against teams like Calgary. Um, for the Avs, you had Bo Byram score the first goal that was assisted by Taves and McKinnon. Um, just a weird goal. He, he kind of just found his way through the defense um, and just kind of found himself kind of right in front of Markstrom, but the puck was kind of moving around a little bit. And I don't know who the defender was on Calgary that was with him. Just, I don't know if he didn't know the puck was there. He didn't seem to be looking down, but it kind of just went back to Byram, who just fired. I think it went through Markstrom's legs. Um, So it was, and then when they started playing poorly in the beginning stages of this game, you're like, man, that's how they got their goal. (laughs) And if it wasn't for, a defender just, you know, not knowing where he was or not knowing where the puck was, this would be maybe even worse than it, than this start for the avalanche. But uh, he got got his first goal. You feel good for Byron to get that one, that first goal. It's awesome that Bo got his first goal, that he's looking good. I mean, he's been a presence in both of these games. You hate to see your defender down that deep because if it's going the other way, that's a nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. And then the confusion in the slot, it, you almost were like wondering if that was Nathan McKinnon's goal, and you were waiting till the announcement was made. This was weird and wonky, and then it did not go any better from there. Nah, well, in the beginning. Like I said, they got better as the game went on. Yeah. Uh, but then in, in the third, you just had you know those couple minutes. Um you had Tyler Toffoli scored one and then uh, Lindholm within like a minute and a half of each other. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my, like this is the last thing you needed to start the third. But that's what happened. Um, f- the rest of the scoring for the Avs, Nathan McKinnon got uh, a nice breakaway goal uh, for his first goal of the season. So um, two more points for him on the day, point wise mm-hmm. across the board for the Avs. Um, Nachuskin got a goal. Uh, McKinnon one and one, Lekkinen with an assist, Miko Rantanen with an assist. Uh, like I said, Byram with one goal, and then Devontae's with the other assist. So, um, minute wise, interesting here. The the last line, the fourth line for the Avs. How Curtis McDermott was the only one on that line that just reached ten minutes. He reached just over four in this game. I mean, when you're down, you're not going to really put him out there. You, you know, if you're up that that's when you put him out here, out there, you can, he can use his muscle. He can move guys off the puck. Uh, but when you're down and you need offense, that's where the liability comes in with Curtis McDermott being a forward, not being a defenseman, being a forward, you need offense. And when you're not going to put your fourth line out there, a ton, uh, but you you need to put them out there. You can't just overwork your top line. They're going to be spent by the end of the game. So that's that's the give and take when it comes to Curtis McDermott. When you get down like this, he's not going to play. And four minutes and 14 seconds is proof of that. Especially, it's surprising to see his minutes 
when Nikita Zadorov is on the other side. You know what he's going yeah. to bring in the physicality. So you think he's out there to be the equalizer, and he's not even doing that. Um, so it was interesting to see him and his production, the minutes, and the abandonment of the fourth line. Which I understand. You know what I mean? When, when it's getting late into the game, you, you are going to overwork those guys. Uh, but that's when you do it. You don't do it for the duration of the time that you're down. You just can't do that. Um, you, you know, your camel car is almost 27 minutes for him. <laughs> so, he, you know, he continues to be uh, an absolute workhorse. I thought he looked excellent out there. I really like he, he he's obviously always working hard like normal. Um, but it's weird. The defense, what was that first period? Let me see what the shots got. 14 for Calgary in the first period, 14 to three. And then they buckled down. They only gave up eight in the second and then give up five in the third. And when you only give up five in the third and you are on offense that entire time, when you are trying to, to get back into that game and you give up two goals early, you know, everybody's engaging. Defense is engaging. Uh, you, you're, you're, you are going for it. And playing that way, you usually give up a lot of, you know, odd man rushes, which they were doing early in the game. Uh, they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. So th this is, again, like you're going to look at this game from the score and be like, oh, my God, this was awful. But if you kind of like really look at it, it was just like a, 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 you know, a plane trajectory. Like it was they were on the runway for the maybe the first period and half of the second. And then it just took off and it got better. And then that. Beginning of the third, that was turbulence. Yeah, you were bouncing up and down, and then you righted the ship, and you started to play better. You just you, in hockey, it's not like basketball or football. You're not going to come back all the time at a score like that against a team like Calgary. So yeah, you could see towards the end of that period, the team got out of that mindset. Well, it worked last night, and got back to that mentality of what has been working, mm. and how they were clamping down. And that mental adjustment, you could visually see it on your television of them clamping down and limiting the shots and starting to crank it back up and get creative with their offensive transition. That yeah. third period is a sign of hope going into that Minnesota game. <laughs> they did. They just looked just sluggish and slow um, and just not full of like life for some reason in the beginning. And then and then they woke up. But when they woke up, it was it was just too late. All right, uh, we have a sound check to get to and players of the game. Um, we have some followers already on the uh, – people are – we had a lot on volume one. So uh, volume two, people are starting to come around to that. So if you are new to the uh, Lockdown Avalanche podcast, we do a segment called LOA Soundcheck, and Colin and I will pick uh, one song each, add it to a playlist that is over on Spotify right now. Just search that LOA Soundcheck. This is volume two. Volume one is obviously still available if you want to follow that as well. Um, all right. What are we adding to the set list today, sir? Everyone knows I'm the heavy metal ska punk guy. Well, I'm not disappointing mm. you today. Mm -hmm. We're going with my all-time band, Pantera, mm -hmm. Clash with Reality. <laughs> Perfect title. I mean, it is. It it's is. a good song, it, too. It's a yeah, song. it's a good song. I, I'm not huge on Pantera, but there are some songs I like by them, but that is a good one. Um, and it is. I think this is a... I don't think the apps were coming in, like, unprepared, uh, but, 
you know, I think the reality is you go, and I think every team goes through this is mm -hmm. no letdowns, yep. especially if you're the defending champion. So uh that's a great title great one for that for me i went completely uh just based on the nazim kadri angle uh not so much on the game uh just more we we wish he was still here and and that's what i'm going with pink floyd's wish you were here <laughs> because... that's what i sing to my nas picture before i go to sleep <laughs> you light a candle <laughs> You lay your head softly and on I your throw pillow. a water bottle into a trash can. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh I like that dichotomy of you know, you got one for the game and I got one for the Nas. So yeah. uh and Pink Floyd, I mean great. Probably a top five band of mine, I would say. All time. It's in my top fifteen. Yeah, I uh, just absolutely love them. And the the uh Wizard of Oz thing is very real. Really, the the wizard, the uh, dark side of the moon, Wizard of Oz, ma like mashup. It, it's almost like a soundtrack for the movie. It's absolutely real. There's no way that's coincidence. All the coincidence, all the all of the coincidences in that movie. There's no way it's a coincidence. I'm just saying that right now. If you haven't done it, I wonder if it's just available on YouTube now. You, it was like a, a thing. Like you had to time it right when the, the lion from the MGM in the beginning, when it roars like three times, you hit play. And then it just syncs up with the movie. Um, I think with the technology now, it's probably just on, up on YouTube. Might have to do that this weekend. It's with pretty the kids. cool. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Check it out. So, um, all right. And then we are going to get our three players of the game from each of us. Um, and we're not just going to be homers. I mean, I'm not going to be. If the Avs lose like they did, you know, and someone plays really well, we're going to give them credit. But go ahead. Who you got for number three and number two? Number three and number two, I'm giving three is Nuke continuing. He's doing great. Um, yeah. I think he's tied for third with points on the team right now or tied for second. Nuke continuing to go. Mm. I mean, absolutely incredible. Bo is my number two. <clears throat> for the goal? Yeah. Hey, why not? I don't, I don't, he, he, he came so close so many times last year to get that, that goal. Yep. Um, so good to see him get on that goal uh, category early on. For me, for number three, I'm going to go uh, with Miko Rantanen. I know he only had an assist, but I, I, I liked he was visible. Like he was, yeah. he was everywhere. He's getting pretty good. How many shots on goal did he have? Could have had a two point night if he didn't hit the post. Yeah, he only had two shots on goal, but he was. I want to wonder how I don't have a uh, natural stat trick up. So I, I wonder how many like, you know, shots he had, like what his course he score is and stuff like that. But um, I thought he had a good game. He I did me go to a good game uh, for number two. I'm going to put McKinnon at number two goal and assist uh, just continues to start off the season on a, on a really good foot. And I'm not saying he's going to, you know, win the scoring title. Uh, you know, when you have Connor McDavid getting a hat trick in game number one, but uh, I think he wants to keep up with the Joneses uh, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, where, where the scoring is. So, um, and he's done that two games in a row. So he's, he's, he's not off to a slow start, which is what you wanted. So, uh, and your player of the game would be Nathan McKinnon. Um, he is, your number <laughs> he is my number yeah. one because he continued and just kept going. He kept, it was one of those, he's an emotional guy. He's, he netted that goal, walked away with two points on the night. Like you want to see him continuing to build. So 
this is it was a really mm. good game and now he got that goal off his back like he can continue to build on it and he doesn't have anything where he could be like i did not contribute in this loss i actually put up two points come on guys we could do this and it's more of a something to build on and when uh gabe landeskog's not there you know he's got to put the team on his back yep. which he does anyway but you know just from a captaincy point that's usually you know landeskog's role but right now it's all on him if you lose and you have a goose egg on the stat line you start blaming yourself or Mm. feel like you're a part of that loss this is nate saying we're pushing through yeah uh for me number one i'm i'm going into enemy territory um i mean if it was a little bit closer and and the ads weren't so sluggish half of the game might be different but um I, i think you know jacob markstrom won this game for for calgary you know what i mean like the way that the as were getting back and, and uh throwing shots on net and getting really good chances um a lesser goalie they could have sco- uh, scored a couple and tied it maybe even taken a lead a lead but um i don't know i just thought he was he was really good when he had to be and he played a great game and 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 that right there is when we've had all those discussions about our goalies, um, that is why I was wanting them to kind of shore up that goalie position a little bit more than they did in in the off season. Yeah, you know, and and you're you're a Frankie guy. He, you know, he he not his best game, but early in the year, it's his first game of the season, and again to go up against a team like Calgary, um, but he's capable. He's done it in the past, and I, I thought Markstrom on their end uh, was solid, even in, even in giving up three goals, which is, you know, this is an Avalanche team that can score a lot, clearly. So uh, I, I thought he was good. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I've always been a fan of him. Like, he's in my little stable of goalies that don't wear the Avalanche sweater. Yeah, I have him nicely tucked away that I'm always watching when that contract is up. When is that up? I have him in, like, know. John... I have Gibson in that as well. Like, yeah, I just love their play. I love them. But I, yeah, you would like to see Frankie step up a little bit. But again, like I said, uh, this is the Avs' first loss in a couple months. Same for Frankie. Mm. It's been a while. Yep. Uh, Markstrom uh, has this year and then three more years after that. So he is an unrestricted in 26, 27. But at that time, he's going to be 36 years old. So. Yeah, I think it's almost identical to Gibson. That's why I just kind of really? observe them from afar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, the Avs uh, dropped that one, but we move on. We turn our attention to Monday. The Avs don't play till Monday. So we have the weekend, to, which kind of sucks because like, you, you, go, you have a loss, and now you got to dwell on it for the weekend. That's not what you want. Uh, but the Monday game is in Minnesota. So a uh, another division game right off the bat, which Minnesota gave up seven to the New York Rangers uh, as we, well, a little bit before we recorded this, obviously. So uh, it's, that's what happens early in the year, man. There's just craziest, craziness going on all around the NHL early in the, early in the, uh, the regular season. Hockey is a silly sport. Because I was going to look up, let's see, uh, you know, Seattle beats... The Kings four to one. Buffalo beat Ottawa four to one. Um, that's really. Oh, Philly won. I think I was Philly's hoping gonna... you didn't there. 
Oh, oh yeah, because they, they, they beat your other team. <laughs> I think Philly's going to win a game all year. That's not how they did. Um, all right. So, yeah, you lose, you move on. What are you going to do? Uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody, making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Uh, enjoy the weekend. He is Mr. Kyle Shaggy Von Doom Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys on Monday. Go, Abs, go. Thank you.